0: I'm Richard Law jones and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. Dogma, a principle or set of principles laid down by an authority as incontrovertibly true, meaning incapable of being questioned or doubted. In the 15 and 1600s, there was the beginnings of a movement against dogma that burst forth from the scientific studies of such giants as Copernicus and Kepler, Newton and Galileo, names we know well even if we understand little of their proposals. But this much we can understand. The scientists of the time were engaged in replacing untestable dogmas with scientific scrutiny and experimentation. The dogmas they were opposing, of course, were from the religious institutions of the time, large and powerful churches not opposed to burning or drowning those who disagreed with them. Scientific experimentation, then, was a good thing that helped move us from superstition and irrationality. But there is a danger, too, when experimental science is elaborated independently from the knowledge that was available in the past. It creates another intransigent dogma. We'll go beyond the dogmas of modern science today on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Our programs are streaming on the Stop Radio Network. Do make sure you include us on your smartphone or tablet through the free TuneIn app. Uh, My email, if you want more personal contact, is jones at stop.org.br. I don't know that we consider dogma as a component of modern science. Dogma, we usually think, is the territory of religion, with its ideas of infallibility and blind faith. Modern scientists are often highly dismissive of religion as having no relevance in our modern world culminating in the derisive denunciation of faith and belief in the writings of Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, for example. But it's not difficult to see this religious intransigence that has been so protested also present in modern science. Just try to be a serious scientist questioning HIV as the cause of AIDS and see your research grants dry up and your academic articles censored. Biologist Rupert Sheldrake was taken off the main TED Talks channel recently just for daring to question some basic dogmas of science. And another area this is appearing in today is the vaccine debate. The recent measles outbreak in the U.S. has rekindled the emotional debate about vaccines. There are even death threats popping up on mother websites between opposing views. Just try to go without vaccinating your children, as a friend of mine experienced recently here in Sao Paulo when she refused compulsory vaccinations for her newborn daughter. She didn't get burned at the stake, mostly because this is Brazil and people here are a lot more accepting of cultural, philosophical, and religious differences. But if that had been the U.S. or Canada, the allopathic big pharma fear and hate machine would have kicked in big time the medical mafia, as Dr. Langteau has called it. No debate. Believe or be excommunicated. And what is the difference from the medieval religion's intransigence that the scientific revolution was fighting against? As Dr. Norberto Keppi wrote in his amazing book, Universal Man, what we should notice is that when science, philosophy, or theology are separated from each other, an environment of intransigence and censorship is created that leads to fast decay. This is exactly what happened beginning in the 14th century when experimental science was elaborated independently from the knowledge that was available in the past. And Kepi goes on to say that the intransigence in the medieval religious institutions produced further intransigence, this time scientific. And he says the Middle Ages were as unilateral as are the present times. And especially, he goes on to say, since the world has experienced two successive periods of intolerance, theological and now scientific, there is no dialogue and hence no balance achieved. Isn't that a fascinating consideration? That book available, by the way, on our site at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. Let us go into this today through recent experiences with the Kepi Motor. Kepi Motor inventor Cesar Sauce, when thinking with somebody else's head, returns in just a moment on the Stop Radio Network.
1: We can tell how unbalanced a person is by how much they idealize. Norberto Kepi Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. Any area of endeavor, it's very much stopped by this concept of money, the importance of money. This is the biggest inversion in society.
0: In the mid-1980s, Norberto Kepi wrote an extraordinary book that redefined economics and gave us hope.
1: And I understand now that this book, Work in Capital, is really the solution. It gives people enormous freedom to grow and to do even things more beautiful and better for the community and better for everybody.
0: Work in Capital is Norberto Kepi's provocative and prophetic view of how the economy has been usurped by the 1% who've tricked the people into a form of slavery. Now, we have the means to set ourselves free.
1: We are free in economy to work, to do what is good, beautiful, and truthful for humanity, and not to feed the envy, the megalomania, the theomania of a few individuals or powerful people.
0: Norbert Tilkepi's Work in Capital, available in the bookstore at stop.org.br.
1: You're listening to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. Our program is based on the science of analytical trilogy. If you're interested in learning more, You'll find information about books, TV shows, and any upcoming congresses or teleclasses on our site at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. Now, back to Thinking With Somebody Else's Head with Richard Lloyd-Jones and Dr. Claudia Bernhard-Pacheco on the Stop Radio Network.
0: Thinking With Somebody Else's Head is on the Stop Radio Network, and it has been a while since we've done a program. And uh, uh, maybe it's appropriate because I started this program with our guest today. And now he's helping me to restart the program because we've been away for a while doing many other things and it's been difficult to produce programs. So uh, Cesar Sauce has joined me. Cesar, it's a terrific pleasure to have you here.
2: Oh, the pleasure is all mine, Richard. I know you're
0: very, very busy. Uh, Cesar has been living in China for the last year, I think you've been back and forth, right?
2: Yes, one year now.
0: And now you're, uh, you've been here for two or three months, and you're getting prepared to go back again. And I know that when you're here, you are totally busy. <laughs> yes. You're doing <laughs> tests on new Kepi Motors. You're having many meetings with Dr. Kepi and Dr. Claudia Pacheco to uh, fortify yourself to go forward and also to bring them up to speed on the developments in China. And uh, so I, I appreciate you taking the time from a very busy schedule to join us today.
2: Well, it's a really... It's a my pleasure, I have to say. No, the program... <laughs> I was think- missing that. I, sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I missed it too. Uh, thinking with somebody else's head, the program name comes from a conversation I had with you when I first came to Brazil. So you've been instrumental in this program from the beginning. Uh, can you give us a, a, like a quick overview of what's happening in China. The Kepi motor is a new magnetic resonance motor, am I calling that correctly, that is being produced in China in quite high quantities for ceiling fans and soon many other applications. Can you just bring us up to speed what's happening? What are you doing there? You're not going to movies, you're not hanging around in bars, so what are you doing?
2: Yes, uh, this is a long story, you know. Uh, In 2008... I and a colleague, Roberto Frascari, we were developing some experiments trying to understand better the new physics written by Dr. Norberto Cappi. Dr. Norberto Cappi, as your listeners may, may know, probably, Dr. Norberto Cappi, he discovered the phenomenon of inversion. And, he, and we up and he soon afterwards he applied this discovery in the field of physics and he arrived at a completely new physics which he named the disinverted physics. it's a new physics but disinverted. and I and my colleague we were trying to make experiments that could um, prove this new physics this inverted new physics and then in two thousand eight we simply came up with a different kind of motor working with the principle of resonance. Regular motors, they do not work with resonance. They work with AC or DC current and they are simply pushed by the magnetic field made inside the coils by the electric current coming from the grid or the battery. In our case, we make the the rotor, the magnetic rotor, we put like um, uh, permanent magnets and we make these permanent magnets interact with the field in a different way, not being pushed or attracted, but to enter in a state of resonance. And according to physics, resonance of a system implies a maximum efficiency. And we simply arrived at making one motor working in resonance, which always achieves the maximum efficiency.
0: Okay, and and why China, for developing this motor?
2: It had been very difficult to develop this motor here in Brazil, you know. Uh, Brazil is a country that is not uh, investing too much in technology or in the industry now. We are undergoing recession. And China is the opposite. China is growing very much, even in terms of technology. They
0: don't seem to know anything about the word recession, do they?
2: No, <laughs> they don't think about it's that. They work work, 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 work. Yeah. You know, they are buying the world. And also, they are looking for what they find the best in the world.
0: Yeah. It wasn't just Brazil, though. It was all many other countries that that didn't want to develop the motor or were resistant to develop the technology, right? Not just in Brazil, but there were problems, as I remember, in United States and Germany and Sweden. Many countries were interested but wouldn't go that next step. What happened there? What's the process where... Uh, Germans didn't want to develop it, but the Chinese did.
2: Uh, How how did that work? The difference, Richard, I see the Western uh, countries, like Germany or United States, Europe in general, they are too much theoretical lately. They want first to have a completely mathematical modeling of the motor before doing something. The Chinese are the opposite. They do something, they see it works, then they come with the mathematical modeling. That's the difference. If you go into a university in Germany, it takes 10 years to study the motor, then you'll come out with one product in the market. Chinese is the opposite. That was the the only way, the only place in the world we could launch a product that works, And uh, that was tested. It is not a tested product. The product was tested for one year, continuously, and now it's ready for the market. So, in
0: in the case of Germany, for example, you use Germany. They didn't want to develop it because it didn't fit any of the models that they had. Is that correct?
2: (laughs) Yes. Now you are touching a very sensitive point because uh, Dr. Kappi's theory in this inverted physics, foresees the existence, it predicts the existence of energy in a vacuum, and this energy in the vacuum uh, could be tapped somehow for use in home appliances or whatever.
0: Yeah, because we think the vacuum is nothing, right? There's nothing yes. there. Yes,
2: yeah. although this idea is changing little by little, but it's, very, it's been very difficult to make a definite experiment to prove the existence of this energy in the vacuum, and especially that it can be used for practical terms. And when we did our motor based on that, uh, as I told you, the motor w- works with the principle of resonance. We made the motor enter in resonance with uh, with the energy it was receiving. And we found out that the efficiency of the motor sometimes displayed unusual figures. This un- because of that phenomenon, we took this motor to be tested in Germany in a very special laboratory in Germany, specialized in this specialized, kind of measurement. yeah, measurements, yeah. Yeah. and they even had to buy new equipment to make sure the measurements were right. You know,
0: that sounds very German.
2: Yeah, it sounds very German. It took uh, more than six months. We going back and forth. We went there three times, and after the third time, we had a report with unusual uh, efficiency figures. When I say H- unusual yeah. yeah when I say unusual is that it doesn't comply with the conventional electromagnetic theory or, or regular electromagnetic or regular motors. physics yes and so they dif- they didn't want to sign the document showing the results because that would imply in, um, in very serious things, like, let's say, you would need to revise the theories on physics of thermodynamics and electromagnetism.
0: In other words, because they didn't have a theory to explain the results you got, they wouldn't sign a paper saying those were the results you got.
2: Yes, exactly. And also, we had a professor from the Einhoven uh, University, that was independently... Well, he he was there also in in this uh, laboratory in Germany, and he was very touched. It it
0: impressed him somehow.
2: He was very impressed with the results, and he said, ''Okay, people, if you want me to go down to Brazil and help you to measure this with your equipment, or I can bring some of my equipment to equipment, I know they are very good.'' We can redo the tests there and find out if these results are okay or not. So he came some months later when he was his vacation there in German in Holland. And here in Brazil he could prove again the same figures we had taken there in Germany. He wrote a letter saying, but he said, please do not show this my signature for in official terms. You can say whatever if you are in contact with the company. You can show them that I measured. I am responsible for the measurement. I, but don't tell... In official circles. Yeah, in official circles <laughs> because this represents my career.
0: There's I do not want... D- there's two things, two things I think about uh, there. Uh, one, one is to come back to the Chinese practicality. But the other is that this often happens in science. When you propose an idea that's different from what the mainstream scientists Say is the truth, you're often uh, like excommunicated, like they used to do in the church in the medieval times. That's true, isn't it? That you, you have to be very careful as a scientist not to say anything that's too outside what the main dogmas are.
2: Yes, Richard, I see the situations are very similar. What happened before with the church is happening today with the science. Before, you couldn't say, I don't believe in God today if you say you believe in god for example you are (laughs) banned by science so you are not a scientist scientist, so in both ways you are radical one way or the other you see so uh, science today uh, seems to have um, a complete protocol to tell what is true and what is not true you say And based on that, if you do not follow their theories of some results, do not comply with the theories, this is banished. Is banned as non-official, as non-conventional, as non-scientific. Right.
0: Someday we're going to prove our theories. This doesn't prove them, so we're just going to put it aside until our theories are fully proven. I understand that. Then Chinese practicality, that was the difference... And maybe not being so addicted to Western physics, maybe.
2: Of course. China, the first thing that impressed me in China is that they do not have these, uh, uh, let's say, this. Uh, they, do not, uh, they are not committed to theories, to old theories, to thoughts of philosophers, you know, like... They're he, not he,
0: academic in that academic, sense. Academic,
2: too much academic. They are much more practical. If they see something works, they copy They do, and they can do it better. (laughs) It seems uh, similar to the Japanese society just after the war. They were simply destroyed after the war, after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and they could build up the third country in the world. It's a huge power, technological power today. Everybody respects Japan by their achievements and so everybody will be respecting China very, very, very soon for their achievements So
0: you're there and you, you introduced the uh, the Kepi motor you're introducing the Kepi motor into a, a, a factory that's producing these motors inside fans what do you do there? What, what's, what's, what's your day? Are you uh, working be- with the engineers? What are you doing?
2: Yes, I work as a designer a project engineer I I designed different motors, capping motors, for different applications. And they put this into practice. And what is their uh,
0: philosophy about it? They see it, they see it works, and they say, okay, well, let's start developing. Is it literally like that?
2: No, they are very much concerned about cost. This, um, In fact, this is one limiting factor for the development of our projects because we have projects even for cars. But uh, if touches is sensitive in terms of cost, if it costs too much, they cut. They don't do it. (laughs) And so I get frustrated sometimes. Everything (laughs) has to be
0: cheap, right? Everything
2: has got to be cheap. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So you're developing these Kepi motors in many different applications with Chinese engineers.
2: Chinese engineers. They follow what I design.
0: What's it like to work with Chinese engineers as compared to Brazilian or North American or German? What's the difference?
2: They don't argue too much, you know. They just see the drawing, they doubt in the beginning, but after they, they do it and they see it works, they they start to think, they take it for granted. From that moment on, they start to do everything that way. <laughs> it's so
0: interesting, you know, when, when students learn a language, we teach languages here, I've noticed that the, there are certain students that want to learn the language before they speak it it's similar to the german idea or the american the western idea that you have to fit the theory before it works you know so if it doesn't fit the theory it's excluded and the chinese seem to be the kind of well let's do it first and we'll figure out why it works later
2: yes if it works let's do it if it works let's do it and i love this in this sense they can make a project much quicker than here in the west
0: uh, can we come back and talk more about this?
2: Yeah, uh, I've got course. some time.
0: All right. We're just going to take a break here. I'm thinking with somebody else's head. Uh, I, w- I want to explore a, a number of things. We've, we've sort of laid the groundwork now for why says there and what he's doing and what the Kepi Motor is doing there. But I want to sort of uh, uh, morph into the exploration of what's gone wrong in our science. That we can't explain a phenomenon like this. So we'll get into that when we come back on thinking with somebody else's head on the Stop Radio Network. So don't go away.
1: You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network.
0: A key inversion in science.
2: Always we are trying to extract energy from a material element.
0: And its negative consequences.
2: We provoke serious imbalances in nature.
0: Corrected now with the Kepi Motors disinversion of physics.
2: And we developed a way to have mechanical power with very little electricity. This
1: will make a big change, not only in energetic efficiency but also it will bring better energy in homes because it's magnetic energy
0: the Kepi motor new technology for a new world
1: we think consciousness the perception of problems is dangerous Norberto Kepi, disinverting the human being and society this is the stop radio network
0: we're back thinking with somebody else's head on the stop radio network I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones and uh, my dear friend I mean that sincerely. Cesar Sauce is back in the studio. It's great having you here. I've missed these conversations very much. Um, So you you said at the very beginning that Dr. Kepi's discovery of inversion allowed him to disinvert physics. And I, I think we've talked about this, I think, in a number of programs in various ways. But let's just approach it again and see if you've sort of developed your thinking at all from the earlier programs that we did what in physics was inverted
2: well what is inverted in first place is the idea of the relationship between matter and energy
0: matter you mean material physical material material.
2: physical matter material world uh, and energy
0: you don't mean the energy that comes out of the wall necessarily
2: no no it means energy that thing that causes movement.
0: Okay, was this talked about in in, uh, ancient metaphysics? Did they talk about this energy in some way?
2: Yes, uh, energy in physics is defined as matter in movement. For example, whenever you have matter in movement, you have energy. You can have a massive body in movement, the product of this mass, the kilos, how many pounds it weighs, times the velocity, of its mass is energy it has in the movement. But also the matter itself has the energy of its particles in movement. So energy is always something material in movement. It's associated to matter in movement. And the idea of Dr. Kepi says that uh, the matter itself is made of a primary source of energy, which is the vacuum energy, and he normally calls essential energy. Essential because it's essential for the existence of the material world.
0: Is this the same as Tesla's scalar
2: energy? Yes, it would be the same, yes. And so this uh, essential energy would create matter. But how this energy creates matter? It uses the principle of resonance. The energy contains two components, uh, Attraction and repulsion. Let's say they are complementary forces, which are in resonance in time and space. This is matter for Dr. Cappi.
0: Okay, uh, so uh, can we can we give a practical example of that? Uh, a, a plant, uh, an organ. Uh, how, how does uh, an yes?
2: I, I will tell you the basic difference. Uh, between conventional physics and Dr. Capi's physics is in this sense, is that, for example, when you move an object, this object is set into motion because you moved it. So, movement takes place because of an interaction of two different bodies. I push the body and the body moves. This is the Newtonian, the classical way of seeing motion. Action-reaction. Action-reaction. I act in the body, and the body reacts in relation to me. To what I did, yes. Yeah, to what I did. But if my force is stronger than the reaction of the body, then the body is set into motion. That's the idea
0: we see. Right. I can push and push and push on a building... Yeah. But nothing's going to happen because the building is strong. It's resisting
2: to m- much more than what you more can More force p- than yeah. what I'm
0: putting in. But for a, like a little stone or something, I can kick the stone exactly. with, a certain, with a bigger force and the stone will then be moved into action. This is Newton.
2: Yeah, this is Newton. How does Kepi <laughs> see that? Kepi uh, introduces a new concept in physics called, which he called an internal vibration of energy, of essential energy. He says that even matter, in the most intimate part, a simple particle, uh, an atomic particle, has an inner vibration of energy that creates it. And this inner vibration, according to the resonance mode, sets the particle in motion or not. And so the motion of a particle, of a piece of uh, matter, is a relationship between the internal energy of the bodies. I don't know if you understand that, but for example... I'm in... trying to follow
0: you, I'm struggling to follow you, but I'm trying to...
2: Let <laughs> me see, one of the greatest, one of big problem, big trouble for physics today is to explain how telekinesis work. For example, today we have people... Well, everybody knows that. We have people who can move objects with the power of the mind. And these waves are not detected. So if you do not have any wave detected between your mind and the object that is being moved, you say, well, it's mysterious. But in this sense, according to Dr. Kepis' theory, both my mind and the object, they are made by the same energy. We are inside the same field of energy. But my mind has one internal vibration and the object has another internal vibration. When I set my mind in resonance to the internal vibration of the object, then I can move it. I move it through the essential energy and not from outside. I mean, by touching the body.
0: If I can sort of bring that into terms that maybe many of our listeners will understand, in, in the Kepi motor example... It's actually found a way to 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 use in some way this uh, vacuum energy, yes. where most motors are imprisoned in using only the electromagnetic current going yeah. through a wire. This motor somehow you guys have created it somehow to capture this uh, scalar essential energy more efficiently. Is that?
2: Yes, uh, I, reasonable.: I, Yes, I can try to explain it this way. When you have a DC. motor called DC. direct current motor, right. you can uh, picture this current going through the wire in one direction. When you have an alternating current, you can picture make a picture in your mind in the wire is going on energy in both sides up and down, up and down, going back and forth, let's say back and forth, back and forth, but always inside the wire. Yeah. When we have this uh, resonant current, we call RC motors, resonant current motors. Capi motors can be called like that. So in RC motors, the current, let's say, the energy inside, trapped inside the wires are pulsating and they are like oscillating and this oscillation enters in resonance with the energy outside the wire. And by entering in resonance with the energy outside the wire, the motor benefits from it because energy starts to be pushed from outside to inside. The system, the motor. And the motor displayed these unusual uh, efficiencies.
0: It makes it much more efficient because you're not relying just on this... On
2: the wire.
0: And when you have this current going through a wire, you create a lot of heat and loss of energy, right?
2: Yes. So we can work with the smaller wires, with thinner wires.
0: right? And you're not having this uh, resistance in current to create the power. You're capt- capturing energy yeah. more. And
2: by the way, Richard, what that uh, teacher from Meinhoven... Uh, noted in the instrument, he said that after a certain point, the Cappy motor started to be uh, to tap into some kind of a second source of energy.
0: There we are, that's what I wanted to get to.
2: The second source, and the source was not the power supply that was feeding the electric current to the right. motor primary, it was primary, getting energy from, was somewhere getting from somewhere else. And this is uh, we can see in the waveforms displayed in the scope meters.
0: Now this, this is what's interesting, Cesar, because the, the technical aspects of this, we have to leave to the physicists to discover down the road to explain that for in their theories and stuff, which they will, they yeah. will have to come to. But we can understand, I think, we lay people, this concept that it's capturing energy from something other than the principal source of energy that we normally capture energy from for these motors.
2: Exactly. So, you do you understand the implications of that? Because the implications of that are so great. Because one day in the future, if we explore the principles uh, on which the Capimotor the works, we can have machines plugged directly into space, let's say. <laughs> and this is exactly what uh, Nikola Tesla said. One day in the future, we would be able to tap into this energy of the vacuum and work with our machines directly without wires. And this is what I, we can predict based on Dr. Kepi's physics. Yeah, I
0: wanted to ask you where all this is leading us, actually, so I'm glad you, you brought that up. This is leading us to a consideration of the universe being organized in a different way from what we've thought. Exactly. That the, that the laws that Newton and Einstein proposed are incomplete to explain this phenomenon of the Kepi motor.
2: Exactly. The, according to Dr. Cappy's physics, the planets and the stars, they, the cosmos itself, it works f- like floating in a sea of magnetic energy. Which so com- this,
0: this essential energy is magnetic energy. This is the same thing, right?
2: Yeah, Dr. Cappy identifies magnetic it especially energy. lately. Yes, but magnetic energy has a bigger scope in his theory. Not only the magnetic theory found in... Uh, energy found in magnets right it's much more encompassing than that
0: right he's, he's, he's kind of renaming essential scalar energies calling it a magnetic energy but a, uh, like a big M magnetic not a little M magnetic from a magnet
2: and for him for example the, the moon doesn't fall on the on earth it doesn't crash into it doesn't earth doesn't crash, crash into earth because there is a, a re- repelling force Not only, uh, attractive attractive force, but not only gravity. Yeah, not only gravity. So he sees this concept of gravity a very, very wrong. It's very wrong, this concept
0: as only having gravity. Yeah,
2: because according to Newton and even Einstein, the only force existing in the, the cosmos that maintains the cosmos the way it is, harmonic, organized, is the gravity force, you know. And this, everybody knows, it's impossible. If a simple comet passes through, it would cause an imbalance. Nothing Terrible. would be in place. And what is centrifugal
0: force in this? Is this a reaction to gravity? It's not a separate force, then, for physics. What yeah, they call centrifugal the
2: centrifugal force. force would explain why the, the Moon doesn't fall into the Earth.
0: But this is not the secondary force that Kepi is talking no,
2: about. No, not at all. That was an explanation Newton gave to explain why it doesn't fall on Earth. Right. But uh, we succeeded in doing our laboratories here, the Capimoro laboratory, a very interesting experiment. If you take a piece of iron, for example, and you approach this iron close to a north pole of a magnet... You
0: bring it close to yeah, the north pole. bring it pole. close,
2: it is attracted. Yes. And if you bring it close to the south pole, it is also attracted. Right? Yes. So, you conclude that no matter the pole, the magnet attracts iron. Yeah. This is true. But we succeeded in the laboratory to bring a piece of, of iron in a certain place of a magnet, and keep it floating above the surface of the magnet. And this shows that the even iron, which has the ability of being attracted by both poles, can be repelled as well. And so, by, I never saw that in my school, nobody says this. How come can you make a piece of iron float in the presence of a very strong magnet? So, this explains that the universe is based on these two magnetic forces, and all the planets they simply follow this neutral line, this neutral line of the magnet.
0: They find a the place in between attraction and, and repulsion, and, and uh, like are in balance, in resonance, floating there.
2: Yes, and the most in- impressive thing is that if you try to force this piece of Iron closer to the surface of the magnet, the magnet repels it to that point, neutral point. And if you try to push it, to to pull to it pull out, it. it is brought... Attracts back to that attracts place. Attracts back
0: to that place. It's like in a... It's like in... Um, I'm not sure how you describe it's like that. A it's like a stable floating, floating stable.
2: place. Exactly what would explain why the moon doesn't fall on Earth, you know. Exactly like the moon doesn't fall on the sun and and the other planets and so forth.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. And then so, uh, through Kepi's science, we are having, being forced to consider an organizing principle to the universe.
2: Exactly, Not just
0: a random...
2: And not only that, because when we discover that a piece of iron can be floating around a, a magnet, it seems you can... Uh, use this levitating force for our vehicles in the future, and using the magnetic field of the planets. Because if you think about using combustibles to make star star war, uh, star travel f- travels, space travel space travels, you would never get there, because you need a tank, a fuel tank. <laughs> The size, the size of, the of a planet <laughs> to arrive uh, right from here to the next star, is see. Racism. So the, <laughs>
0: the Jetsons, maybe, Yeah. it will come to pass. This is what the Kepi motor is taking. This is it.
2: exactly what I believe. I am there in China uh, developing the motor, and I I promise to you I'll get closer to this. <laughs> Thank you, Cesar. I know you will.
0: Cesar Sauce is applying Norberto Kepi's new physics in specific and dramatic ways. I mean, I know it sounds only like a new motor. What's the big deal with that? But its innovations use up to 90% less energy. So developing it for all types of motors means we can stop with the absurdity of nuclear power plants and even stop flooding and destroying large areas to put in hydroelectric plants. That makes it really important. If this is interesting to you, uh, I do suggest you read Norberto Cepi's New Physics. You can buy that. At kepimotor.com. That's our program for this time. I'm Richard Lloyd Jones. Talk to you next time on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head.
1: True illness is the attempt to create what was never meant to exist. Norberto Cappi Disinverting the human being and society This is the Stop Radio Network Since the beginning of all civilizations They had always manifested an enormous interest and knowledge About the spiritual life and spiritual beings
0: It's a world of ancient wisdom that modern science has eliminated
2: The arising philosophy of positivism prefer to base science on material happenings.
1: So, only what you can see and touch and feel is real.
0: Now, spirituality is being put back into science.
1: Imagine what would happen if people start considering this as a real thing. Not only as a religious thing, but also a real scientific thing. Imagine what would happen.
0: Norberto Kepi's Universe of the Spirits, a scientific analysis, available in the bookstore at stop.org.br. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and welcome to the Stop Radio Network. We broadcast from the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And our programs, Thinking with Somebody Else's Head and Healing Through Consciousness, offer the most relevant conversations around about the state of our world and what we can do to make it better. Thanks for tuning in.